happy Pride from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies. So you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit TomboyX.com to shop. Hey, girlfriends. It's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. On the Bechdel cast, the questions asked if movies have women in them. Are all their discussions just boyfriends and husbands, or do they have individualism? The patriarchy's effing vast. Start changing it with the Bechdel cast. Hello and welcome to the Bechdel cast. My name is Caitlin Durante. My name is Jamie Loftus. I'm sick today. You're sick. Everyone should feel so bad for me. I feel so bad for you. I've just been wandering the streets, just getting passerby to be like, are you sick? Oh my god, I'm so sorry. So we are the Bechtel cast. We talk about the portrayal of women in movies. Yeah. We use the Bechtel test as a test that just initiates a larger conversation for us, a larger conversation about the representation of women in cinema. Mm-hmm. The Bechtel test is a test that requires that two female identifying characters in a movie mm-hmm. have names. Yes. They speak to each other. Yes. And their conversation is not about a man. Yes. Hey, let's demo it. Let's. Caitlin. Hey, Jamie. Have you ever tried Pedialyte? I I don't think that I have. I've had two jugs. They only sell them in jug form for some reason. I've had two jugs of Pedialyte in the past 24 hours. And I started very anti-Pedialyte. But like in movies, the Pedialyte wore me down. (laughs) And now I'm fully in love with Pedialyte. It's my beverage of choice. Wow. I love it. Replacing Mike's hard lemonade even? Okay, now it doesn't pass anymore because you brought Mike into the conversation. Oh, sure. Unbelievable. Um, my B. Yeah, I think that uh, Pedialyte's my new chaser. Okay, good. Yeah, just take a swig of vodka and then a swig of Pedialyte. You're basically sober. Now, Pedialyte is like a children's beverage, yes? But you also drink it when you're sick. It's supposed to keep you hydrated and, and, and safe. You know what other occasion you might need to be hydrated? Like oh, playing I, soccer. I see where this is going, yeah. For example. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You did that this morning. I, I did that this morning. I know. It was fun. My team won. Really? Yeah. That's, sorry, it just sounds so shocked. That was, <laughs> that's exciting. Thank you. Yeah. And also soccer related is the movie we're talking about today. Woo-hoo! Well, you're talking about She's the Man. This is like uh, our second soccer mu- movie and our second Shakespeare adaptation we've discussed recently. Yes, indeed. Observation complete. And second movie recently also by the screenwriting duo of Karen McCullough and Kirsten Smith. Oh, I didn't know that. Yes. Wow. Uh-huh. Oh, yes. Because, I mean, they're, you know, they're the Shakespeare gals. Yeah, <laughs> right. 
Is that what their podcast is called? Just kidding. Yep, yep, yep. All so right. to join us in our discussion about Yay. the movie, our guest today Yay. is the producer of historical roast and fictional roast the producer of many podcasts including forever 35 and mother may i sleep with sammy junio hello it's me hello my dear friend sam's the man it's me (laughs) (laughs) reboot oh all sammy junio reboot Um, (laughs) one have you tried the electrolyte they've rebranded pedialyte to be electro L-Y-T, Electrolit or Electrolyte, and they sell it at 7-Elevens, and I, I've i consumed like crates of it. It's great. Whoa. Yeah, so you don't have to buy a jug. You can just buy a... Thing. I was feeling the stigma of the Pedialyte jug, because mm. I was just like carrying it outside on Saturday night, and everyone's <laughs> like, she's very sick. She's demented. <laughs> if I'm going to buy a but beverage... But she's hydrated. <laughs> yeah. Be careful. She's demented and very hi- hydrated. <laughs> So, Sammy, tell us about uh, your relationship, your history with She's the Man. Oof. Well, I've seen it maybe 13 times in the past day. Okay. <laughs> um, I Just watched, like once every I'm, two hours? Yeah, it has exactly. to be on I'm watching the it right now. Yeah. I can't. It's in my Google Glass. Uh, I watched it a lot when I was younger, and I just, I think this movie is so, so flawless <laughs> and perfect <laughs> and wonderful and magical. And that's it. That's yeah. my relationship. I'm married to the movie. Okay, great. I can't. <laughs> 12 years strong. Uh, unbelievable. Inspiring. Yeah, truly. Congratulations. I'm also cosplaying. You are. As an Illyrian. <laughs> yes, you are. We will take a photograph. We will post it on our Instagram. Sammy is dressed as Sebastian. Mm-hmm. And she's the man. Oh, my it's God. A, you're looking very dapper. Thank you so much. Uh, Jamie, what's your history with She's the Man? Saw it this morning. Yep. Yep. Thoughts? Loved it. Yeah. Absolutely Isn't loved it. Isn't it fun? Yes. It's so fun. And because it was, this was like one of the many, like the decade preceding this, and I think that they sort of like peter out after this, but this was one of many Shakespeare adaptations coming out in the late 90s into the 2000s for teenagers. It was like this bizarre movie fad, and this was kind of the last and the best that I've seen mm-hmm. of all of them. Oh and, wait, where were yeah. the other ones? Uh, I've got I've got a hot list. Uh, Ten things I hate about you. Ten is, recent true. episode. Uh, the true. Uh, Romeo plus Juliet. That <gasps> baz that bazaster, as I like to call Whoa. it. Whoa, the bazaster <laughs> piece called. Caitlin's horrified with me. Turn no, off the mics. I, I'm that a great disastrous time. piece. No. Uh, there's there's others. I have a power list somewhere. I'll find it. You're hurting oh my me God. so much. <laughs> What's happening? I just turned into who's the who's the nerdy girl in this movie? I sound like her. Oh, Eunice. Oh, Eunice. I can't wait to talk about Eunice. Eunice. Um, <laughs> I saw this movie. I think when it first came out in two thousand six, and I really enjoyed it. But for some reason, it was not a DVD that I ever added to my collection. So I didn't watch it throughout the years, which was a mistake because I have seen this movie maybe four to five times in the past. You've like been five days addicted yeah i'm obsessed now i <laughs> i'm surprised because you are you you are such a soccer head that i right. thought this would thank been you like that is my stripper name soccer head soccer thank head. you um <laughs> coming to the stage it's soccer head yeah i don't know why i didn't latch on to it more and this movie is certainly not without its flaws. There is How dare a you? whole lot to discuss. Oh, also motocrossed. Do you remember yes, that one? On Disney yeah, Channel. also a Twelfth Night adaptation. They all oh, end wow. up having the same stupid like boy hair, though. Just like There's... a really weird like flat mop. 
lunch i did admittedly (laughs) there's also an adaptation of twelfth night called just one of the guys from 1985 and a gender swapped one uh called ladybugs Mm, oh i didn't realize that that was what that was yeah Uh there you go look at that is that another soccer movie Mm -hmm. nomeo and juliet Sherlock Gnomes. Right. <laughs> That's just another movie. That's not Shakespeare. Well, one of the fun things about Twelfth Night in Shakespeare days, mm-hmm. uh, women weren't allowed to perform as actors on stage. So in this still play, aren't. right, mm-hmm. right, women aren't allowed to do anything. <laughs> so the actor who played Viola in Shakespearean times would have had to have been a man playing the role of a woman who then pretends to be a man so it's like gender swapping and then gender swapping back like to see what that actor thought that looked like right (laughs) yeah well and then and there are a few we don't need to talk about shakespeare that much today but like uh this is like such a good adaptation of a shakespeare play because first of all you can't necessarily tell Mm -hmm. that's a shakespeare adaptation the names aren't goofy Except for Malvolio, the snake. <laughs> the, the no, the spider. <laughs> Feminist icon, Malvolio, Malvolio. the spider. <laughs> and it's just like all the like stuff that sounds really Shakespearean was taken out. Like originally, Viola thought that her brother died at sea, which would have been right. an interesting thing to introduce <laughs> it to this. But I'm glad that they were just like, oh, he's in London with his freaking shoegaze band. Have either of you read the play? Oh, no, I can't read. Oh, sure, 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 sure. I have read it, yeah. Okay. I haven't read it, um, but again, I Wikipedia'd <laughs> the Wowie. I know. So uh, again, I'm a scholar, but um, it seems as though the story in Twelfth Night is much more romance-oriented, and there's no attempt to, like, dismantle any sort of, like, and gender a, norms or anything like that. not a whiff of soccer. <laughs> no soccer at all. It's, I think Viola is just trying to literally get a job, which is like kind of upsetting. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, shall I do the recap of let's, the movie? Let's do it. All right. This is another, this is a complicated one. Okay. So Viola, played by Amanda Bynes. I know the beginning song. I know all of the songs. I'm so sorry. Sammy, this is a no shame zone. You're right. Yeah. Please. So, please, when the moment where Sam's the Dirty shame. Little Secret starts playing, I would encourage you to just really sing the whole song. Yeah. Did you guys notice that there are two All-American Reject songs in this one? Yes! Yeah. In a row, even. It's basically an Abercrombie. <laughs> it <laughs> is. I bet they smell like that. Oh, my. oh, God. You know that the set of She's the Man reeked of Hollister fragrances. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I used to work at Hollister. Anyway, yes. it was the worst month of my life. Okay. Viola <laughs> is played by Amanda Bynes, and she loves soccer. Her boyfriend, Justin, tells her, oh, my gosh, you're, like, better than half the guys on my team. But then her school cuts the women's soccer team. Due and- to lack of interest. Right. <laughs> So when Viola wants to try out for the men's team, her boyfriend, who had just told her, yeah, you're really good at soccer, is like, uh, you're a girl and you're not good enough. So she breaks up with him. Toxic. And now she's got something to prove. Let me... Now when... Viola's twin brother, Sebastian. Who I thought for a second was Drake Bell, and that would have been perfect casting also. Oh. I was telling Caitlin the other day that I discovered that Jesse McCartney was supposed to be that guy. 
Oh, Jesse would have also been great. They both have those soft, soft, childlike features. <laughs> Were y'all into Dream Street? No. no, I don't know what that is. It was Jesse McCarty's boy band. Oh, I didn't know he was in a boy band. I thought he was so low. Oh my gosh, you have to listen to Dreams, baby. It goes baby down on Dream Street, and it's like Jesse McCartney as a boy soprano. It's unbelievable, incredible. Yeah. Wow. Anyways, okay. sorry. <laughs> so Viola's twin brother Sebastian decides to go to London for a couple weeks instead of going to school at a private school called Illyria which is nearby to Cornwall where Viola goes to school which is a fun Shakespearean reference for all you Shakespeare heads Mm -hmm. out there (laughs) so then Viola decides to pretend to be her brother so that she can play soccer on the boys team at Illyria and beat her ex-boyfriend Justin who had told her that she was a girl so she's not good enough in the rival game that they have coming up in two weeks or 12 days 12 nights really quick yeah why does no one at viola's school notice that she's gone yes good question jamie the movie does not address that and it is a plot hole but i think i buy the i buy the divorced parents but the i was like viola's straight up there's another world where this is like gone girl (laughs) because <laughs> if a white girl does not show up for her first day of junior year mm-hmm. it's gone girl so anyway right or uh recent release searching which i did oh. see in theaters uh the other day brag was it good i enjoyed it yeah oh, wow. anyway so viola as sebastian meets her roommate duke played by channing tatum and mm, shh, i'm brilliant <laughs> oh this movie's so funny um Duke and everyone else basically thinks that Sebastian is lame. Viola as Sebastian. I think for the sake of clarity and ease of talking, when I say Sebastian, what I mean is Viola pretending to be Sebastian. And then when I say the real Sebastian, that's, that's not the Drake real. Bell. Right. So so Sebastian tries out for the soccer team, the men's soccer team, and makes second string. Second um, string. This is all. This is all I'm doing during your just recap. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm not sorry. Don't be welcome sorry. Welcome to Illyria. Welcome, 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 welcome to Illyria. Yep. Sorry. You're welcome. So, <laughs> thank you. So then, in order for Sebastian to seem cooler, he uses her. F- she uses Viola. It's just confusing. Okay. Viola uses her friends Kia and Yvonne to pretend to like throw themselves at Sebastian and then it works and now Duke and all of his friends are like, wow, Sebastian, uh, she's the man. That's the name of the movie. Yeah, they all say that in unison and we're like, yeah. what? Like, how's <laughs> well, that <they> possible? Knew? <laughs> it's like 45 minutes in. So meanwhile, Duke likes their classmate Olivia <sighs> and she's dreamy. asks she is, Sebastian for help to like try to get with her and then in exchange duke will be like i'll help you improve your soccer game sebastian so that you can make first string so then olivia starts to like sebastian so now we've got this whole love triangle well olivia likes sebastian pretty much the second she meets him right 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 those dropped books in the hall and she gives him a look Uh oh my god my twitter (laughs) paid it just i wanted them to kiss so that that is my that is my biggest beef is that, that they don't we kiss don't, in this movie yeah they don't kiss, they kiss and then yeah. we don't see the repercussion of olivia recognizing that she had a crush on a girl playing a boy 
Like, well, right. what about that, Olivia? Yeah, what what does that mean? Yeah, I feel like Olivia is ultimately kind of shortchanged because she's like, I just love whoever was named Sebastian. <laughs> <laughs> like, that seems a little reductive <laughs> and confusing. Yeah. So then Sebastian, a.k.a. Viola, starts to like Duke. And Viola as Viola. I mean, and Duke is like dreamy. Yes. Channing Tatum, normally not my type, but... He's also like a comedic genius. He's so, so funny. funny. <laughs> He's so funny. Every time I talk about Channing Tatum, I turn into a woman I hate. I'm, <laughs> I'm like, he's just so, he's like, you wouldn't think, but like, he's so funny. It's right. true. I know. Anyways. So then Viola, as Viola and Duke kiss at a kissing booth at a carnival, which is a fundraiser for a debutante ball which is a whole subplot that we'll talk tenuous. about later on yeah the kissing booth tenuous loved every second of it. <laughs> right do kissing booths are they even legal nowadays <laughs> like at all ever yeah there's i don't think they exist anymore and i feel like there's like a real big stretch <laughs> it's like oh this is a fun game of carnival assault like what the <laughs> fuck is this and also the fact that like Viola's mom was like, yeah, this rules. Like, I don't know if I believe that either. So now Viola likes Duke, and Duke kind of likes Viola, but he still has feelings for Olivia, so he's confused. You take her, you kiss her, you kiss the crap out of her. (laughs) Thank you for your contributions. Hey, you're welcome. (laughs) Can't cut me out of this one, baby. (laughs) So Olivia to make Sebastian jealous, starts to pay attention to Duke. And then there's this whole thing where she marches up and kisses the real Sebastian who comes back from London a day early. And then he plays in the first half of the big rival soccer game. Also, Monique is there the whole... Th- yeah, right. Monique, there's the there's whole Monique, Monique situation. Yeah. Viola as Sebastian is like, hey, brother, I've been impersonating you. Sorry, but I'm going to play the rest of the soccer game. And Duke is mad at Sebastian because he thinks that he betrayed him by kissing Olivia. And then... um, So Sebastian's a fucking idiot for being like, I guess I'm on the soccer team now. Like, what? What Yeah. Sir? You you just have to suspend your disbelief. Roll with it. So then in the middle of the game, the real Sebastian shows his junk. Viola as Sebastian's like, actually, I'm a girl. And Duke, I love you. And he's like, what's happening? LOL, okay. And then the whole like con is revealed. Duke's like, this is weird. I feel weird about this. So the jig is up, but there's still the debutante ball. So uh, Viola's like, hey, would you want to come to the ball with me? And uh, he's like, oh, no. But then he goes, and then they kiss. They slurp. (laughs) Can I just, like, for your consideration, the day of the big game, Mm -hmm. let's just walk through Sebastian's day. The (laughs) night before, he walks into a room he's never been, finds that all of his stuff is already there. Yes. And appears lived in. He's fine with it. He's like, well, I'm tired. <laughs> he goes to sleep. Well, he says like, oh, Vi, you, you set up all my stuff for me. Cool. So he addresses it, but it's like, it is But like, what weird. the fuck? Okay. <laughs> he goes to sleep, wakes up, a whole soccer team's like, the game is happening. And he's like, okay, maybe I'll see the girl who kissed me at this soccer game. Why would that be true? We don't know. Oh, because she says see you at the game tomorrow. Right, right, right. She also surprise kisses him, which we can mention. But he- but he goes to the game, accepts that he is one of the best players on the team. <laughs> and then in the middle of the game, 
someone challenges his gender and he's like, you know what? I know this day has been all over the place so far, but I'm just going to go ahead and drop my pants in front of a stadium full of people. Right. Because David Cross is not sure what's going on. Like, <laughs> absolutely insane. Anyways, that's yeah, no, Sebastian's Excellent day. point, Jamie. But and, if you had that kind of day, wouldn't you roll with it? I mean, by the time he's asked to drop his pants, I'm like, you know what? At this point, Might this day well. has already <laughs> been confusing. Right. And on that note, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll talk to you in a second. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies. So you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit TomboyX.com to shop. Grand Canyon University's RN to BSN online degree program makes earning your bachelor's in nursing possible. Balance online coursework with local in-person clinicals to position yourself for potential leadership opportunities in the time you have from wherever you are. Leaving room for what matters. Achieve your goals with your personalized plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And, of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back. Hello. All right, so for this movie... You can kind of just like boil down the story of in order to prove that a woman is as capable and is equal to men, she disguises herself as a man to prove a point. If you can't join them, beat Beat them. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. So that gives us a lot to talk about. So on one hand, there's like... In the very beginning of the movie, they you know they go to try to try out for the boys' soccer team when the girls realize that they've been cut, and the coach of the boys' team is all like, "Uh, actually, um, girls aren't as fast as boys, or as strong, or as athletic. Uh, this is just science." So, and we in the audience are like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, what? What? Um, excuse me, pump those brakes." And then. Justin, the boyfriend, agrees with the coach, and then he is immediately dumped. So at least we get to see some, like, misogyny and sexism being punished right away. And I think that that is, like, a moment—I don't know, that was a moment that I connected with quite a bit of, like, 
dating someone in high school who would be like, you're awesome, you're smart, you know, but only in one-on-one situations. And then in front of guy friends Mm -hmm. um, or friends in general, their attitude towards you shifts because they're insecure. Right. Um, We've got this, like, misogyny being punished, and then we've got a headstrong woman seeking to dismantle this idea that women aren't as good as men at at soccer specifically and then she goes undercover she puts on the disguise there's a whole makeover montage but but unlike we see in most movies where if it's a woman getting a makeover it's like oh you weren't as physically attractive as you needed to be so let's make you hotter the utility of this makeover ma- montage is very different. Yes, because... It furthers the mission. Right. It is mostly just her trying on mustaches, which she never ends up which using in her disguise. Which is a real big bummer. I feel like <laughs> Sebastian, Viola Sebastian would kill with a mustache. A little push broom on top of there? <laughs> sure. Bing, bang, boom. Could do anything. There was like a... There was a... Oh, I forget what cartoon villain. She had a few cartoon villain mustaches mm-hmm. on. Oh, absolutely. With like the long droopers, the For whiskers. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. They threw in Jesus in there too. They did. Oh, beautiful. Hot. What a montage. What a... That was a fun... Because I wrote, I was in the middle of writing down Mont, and then I was like, oh, but wait, <laughs> it's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So she's the man kind of puts this, like, I suppose a feminist spin on the narrative that, like, Twelfth Night doesn't have, where it's like, yeah, she's she's showing that she's just as capable as men and, and that she's equal to men. But I would argue that there are several instances where different characters, Viola as Sebastian included, participate in either sexist or homophobic behavior Mm -hmm. that often goes completely unchallenged. So, for example, there are several moments when boys behave badly and Viola doesn't do anything to challenge it. Viola as Sebastian Um, For example, there's a scene where Viola as Sebastian first goes into her dorm room. There's like all the soccer player guys there and they see tampons and they're like very grossed out by it. Uh, Later on, like Duke can't even say the word tampon. Yeah. But he does use one. He he does use one. I feel like that was kind of commented (laughs) on a little bit. Progress. But I I do agree where there are like oftentimes the, the hurdles Viola has to get through are rooted in or, or she'll get out of by behaving in a misogynist way and then they're so like overcome by like misogyny is so fucking cool that they forget what the, the, the thing they were about to be critical of was right right, right, but right. I, I, well yeah i'm i don't know so it worked for me uh several times yeah and <laughs> and at least whenever she participates in the misogyny it's because she's trying to maintain this disguise because there's several times where she's like, feelings and, you know, sensitivity, and I'm going to say a nice thing. And they're like, oh, what are you talking about? She's like, oh, I mean, which one would you rather see naked? So, but then in that same scene, Duke counters that mm-hmm. by challenging that idea, which is something that I really liked about Duke's character. And there are flaws in every character, and there are moments that feel off with pretty much everyone at some point. Uh, for me anyways, but mm-hmm. that scene I really liked because Viola was kind of falling on the crutch of like, let me behave or say something misogynist and that will distract from what I was just doing. Right. And then that's one of the few times that it doesn't actually work. 
Mm-hmm. And we find out that Duke is a sensitive man. A feminist who, icon. Well, yeah. Who's, who, <laughs> Duke Orsino, no feminist icon. He's, and so, so handsome. And uh, <laughs> Sorry, my face is like leaking up a storm. And I'm like, no, but Channing Tatum is great. Uh, but <laughs> but that scene I thought was really effective where mm-hmm. uh, Viola falls on the crutch. And, and, and then Duke counters by saying like, well, that's not all a relationship is for me is mm-hmm. I want to be able to talk with. So-. And then he literally says to her, to Sebastian, why do you always say stuff like that? Like, why do you why do you always talk about women that way? Right. And I yeah. was like, Oh, and and that's one of the things I like about Duke's character in this movie a lot is that the setup of almost every high school movie is that someone needs to be someone needs to change someone else in order for a relationship to happen and it's not like I think it would be very easy for this movie to be like emotional labor thrust upon Viola uh, some have emotional labor thrust upon them, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> right. is that, you know, Viola would have to cure Duke of his own internalized misogyny, but that doesn't really happen, where it, it comes out in private moments usually, but Duke already is pretty right. respectful towards towards women and, and uh, doesn't need to be, like, changed in that way. Mm-hmm. There's another, there's a similar moment earlier on where they're at the cafeteria and Viola as Sebastian is again attempting to fit in with the guys by like that seems weird. Seeing he sees Olivia, or she I don't know what pronouns to use. Well, in this pronoun expert Sammy Junio. Yes, <laughs> just kidding. Um, I think well it should just be her because she's still she's still identifying as yeah. Viola as a woman. But I mean, yeah, I guess I think that that's probably it. So pronoun expert. Sammy Junio. <laughs> This has been Pronoun Expert. That's all That's all the time I have. Goodbye. <laughs> okay, so fake Sebastian sees Olivia and is like, oh, look at the booty on that, that blondie. blondie. God, oh. such 20, 2006 uh, vernacular. A lot of G-monies being tossed about <laughs> well, here. I, I was like, like, oh, Lord. Yeah. Just like Viola trying to be a boy just like overly does it all the way. And I think that that's just like... Whenever Viola overcompensates by being like super misogynistic after being like sensitive or whatever, all of the boys around her are like, I don't think that's that's not it though. Well, I would argue that Duke. Well, yeah, because they're they're. I mean, I think it's because of the presence of a of a woman that they're like, (laughs) oh yeah, like we can really do this with because it's about a girl. But like every other time, they're kind of just like, I don't. You're weird. Right. Yeah. So do whenever yeah, like Sebastian's like, oh, check out the booty on that blondie. And then Duke is like, don't talk about her that way. And so we're like, oh, OK, Duke, feminist icon. Great. But then his friends, Toby and Andrew, say like, oh, yeah, she was just dating this college guy, but he dumped her. So now she's like super vulnerable. Super vulnerable. Her <laughs> confidence and self-esteem are are really low so like now's the time to pounce and they're like yeah boo. and then like duke duke doesn't respond at least verbally to that so it's like uh. i'm not really inclined to give duke a point there because the only woman he stands up for is the one he has feelings for true uh and that same respect he doesn't stand up for yvonne or what's the name of the other friend oh kia like, he doesn't stand up That's for true. them. He just stands up for the girl that he's had a crush on for his whole life. Right, right, right. And then also, um, anytime he has to interact with the Eunice character, he's always like, ugh, like, I don't want to talk to Eunice. That's also everyone. She's That's true. And yeah. Except, we'll, we'll get to except her. the ending, which I need to watch the movie again. 
that comes totally out of nowhere, right? Or is that foreshadowed in any way? What? The Eunice ending up with, what's that character's name? Oh, that's, I think, Toby. Oh, no, he says he says something about Eunice. Uh, oh, does he? There's two other times. So he, once they think that Sebastian is the top dog. Oh, no, no, no. It's before that. When Duke is paired up with Eunice in lab, oh. he goes, yeah, Eunice got a little something, something. And right. then... Oh, it is foreshadowed. Uh, and then mm-hmm. also in Cesario's, when it's the double date between Duke and Olivia and mm-hmm. Viola and Eunice, he goes, oh, looks like Eunice is like cooler than we thought. And he goes, oh, what? I've been saying that for years. I hate high school. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. But so the, uh, the scene... This movie so well. <laughs> Look, I... Those are all direct quotes. It probably is. <laughs> I've also watched this movie with commentary. So to speak on uh, Channing's sensitivity, he actually... Ooh. The ring, he wears a ring around his neck, mm. and he said that that was a character choice because it's his. It, it, he he wanted it to be his mother's ring just to like play on the fact that he's like super sensitive and stuff. Aww. And if you watch him through the entire movie, he does like react really weird when Sebastian goes like nutty because he defends Olivia in the cafeteria, but also when they're setting the trap that Sebastian is really cool, like, he's also like, this is gross. Like, he gets... Really? Yeah, I gets didn't interpret it that way. I feel like he was like, oh, well, like, Sebastian's the man. So let's talk about that scene. So that's the that first scene the we place. see in, like, the pizzeria where... Cesario's another fun Shakespeare ref. Ooh, cute. Swish. So Sebastian, fake Sebastian, uh-huh. is trying to seem cooler to their peers... I'm just going to use they pronouns. That's the nope. easiest thing for me right now. It's <laughs> not it. Okay. <laughs> Pronoun expert. Pronoun expert. So we should, we, we should be saying she? For, she. Yeah. Viola, so. yeah. Also, right. maybe to not come off as offensive, I'm non-binary and my pronouns are Sam, they, there. So I feel like I've like I've gone through a pronoun journey myself and I feel like the appropriate thing is she. she. Right. Okay. Come at me if that's not true. It's okay. <laughs> I'll learn as well. Dimensions are open. Right. Okay, so fake Sebastian sets up this whole thing. Or it's actually her her friend Paul is like, yeah, we're going to make you seem cool. So then Kia and Yvonne, Viola's friends, pretend to throw themselves at fake Sebastian. And then the guys on the soccer team are like, whoa, like Sebastian's a fucking stud. Like he's getting all kinds of women and they just think that he's the cat's meow. Then... (laughs) Sorry. I'm listening. <laughs> uh, speaking of cats, though, um, this is not an oh. intentional segue, but cats do have eight nipples. This oh! Is cat facts with Caitlin. But anyway, so... She had to do it to them. Right. So this whole, like, scam basically works, and now Duke and his friends are like, wow, Sebastian's the man. But that whole scene requires fake Sebastian to heavily objectify these women to me, it seems like Duke is like, oh, wow, like, Sebastian's so cool. Well, it's like, it's a quick cutaway, and he just, like, does this for a second. Like, before... He dabs. Bef- yeah, he dabs. <laughs> before all of the hoopla comes, like, he's just like, what is this? Like, he, it's a very quick thing. I watched this movie so closely, so many times. So you think but, he's... But after after the girls' situation, then they're like, oh, yeah, make room for the man, because that's a... But, like, there's a, there's a second... Before I feel like, like that's not that. enough. I feel like he's still not. subscribing to. I missed that shot. Yeah, because I, I I'll screenshot it to you. Okay, I, I I totally believe you. Uh, I just yeah that whole scene. I was just like, is anyone acting like anything here? Like what is <laughs> happening? Which is just like it's really unfortunate that that's the way that 
a boy has to fit in is to be this gross dude that has many girls and insults and just uses them clearly. And mm-hmm. then everyone's like, oh, yeah, you're a really great guy. It's like, why? Right. And I know misogyny is alive and well. Now, 2006. Not in my experience. Really? JK. I mean, I'm sorry, Caitlin is <laughs> somehow escaped. <laughs> right. <laughs> but but the, the fact that that ends with um, Viola like confronts Monique, because Monique is in this scene too, which is like the closest call, because Monique would know who Sebastian isn't. Right, because uh, Monique is real Sebastian's girlfriend. Right. And that character is also all over the place, where she's like, a bitch, but mm-hmm. we don't really know why or know anything about her. Right. Um, and it does seem like she's perhaps being emotionally abused by Sebastian. But anyways, mm-hmm. uh, she, she shows up and she's like, where's Sebastian? And then she doesn't recognize that it's not her own boyfriend. And uh, Viola is like, you're ugly. I'm breaking up with you. And then Viola fully, everyone's like, yeah, that hot lady is, uh, you yelled at her. And then it. <laughs> Uh, end of scene. So bad. <laughs> it's right. so insane. So I think the point here is that it's unfortunate that we see in in a movie that has the opportunity to have more challenging of sexist ideals of like, yeah, a guy is a stud whenever he has slept with a bunch of women. And that's the approach that they use for Sebastian to seem cooler to her peers Mm -hmm. but that could have been an opportunity for viola to be like no i'm not gonna like subscribe to this i'm gonna like fine i mean i get it it's it it was an easy choice and it worked but i don't know like i just have higher hopes than is reasonable to expect out of a movie from 2006 so it's just it's kind of a bummer that that's the scene that plays out to get Viola as Sebastian to be accepted by her peers. But it could also be seen as a very heightened version of what would be realistic. Because True. they like for the sake of argument, the group of guys, the soccer dudes are like interpreting Sebastian's masculinity as abnormal that he's like a weird dude. Mm-hmm. Um because Viola S. Sebastian is acting very weird. Right. Like, uh, and is acting like a crazy person. And, (laughs) you know, that is like the example of the opposite. Like, if you can't beat them, join them, Mm -hmm. where Viola is playing to what they do understand to be masculinity in order for them to be like, well, yeah, he's a freak, but he fucks. Like, that is all that that (laughs) is trying to accomplish. And it's successful. Right. Um, yeah, yeah, it's. I don't really know where I land on it because it's also a very know. funny scene, <laughs> and it like. Well, the fact that uh, except for Monique, the Monique thing made me feel bad yeah. for her, but Kia and and Yvonne are like so in on it that it's like fun for them, and it's like you don't have to feel guilt, which is maybe like a horrible loophole. It's like you don't have to feel guilty watching these women be kind of like yelled at and groped because it's their friend but right. like but that is so funny i don't know yeah it's it's complicated well let's take a quick break and then we'll be back to talk more okay Happy Pride from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies. So you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit TomboyX.com to shop. 
Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back. All right, so the next thing I wanted to talk about is... Oh, God, there's so much. Okay, yeah. really quickly, I really like that Olivia likes who she thinks is Sebastian because Viola as Sebastian is sensitive and isn't this like big tough macho guy and that's like the main thing that appeals to Olivia about Sebastian. Relatable. Yes. TBH, Viola Sebastian, pretty good looking kid. (laughs) I hear it. Yeah. uh, Cute and sweet and yeah like not threatening and not like just like carrying around a bunch of like machismo everywhere that's how i describe myself (laughs) mugging uh, to speak to what you texted me earlier caitlin mugging maybe a few too many times to the point where it's like is this a feature film uh maybe yeah amanda Bynes mugs a whole lot but it like also works it works for me it's and then Viola and Olivia have a conversation whenever Viola as Sebastian is trying to get Olivia to date Duke. And she's like, no, like, he just seems like another one of these dumb jocks that, you know, wants to hook up with a girl so that, you know, he can tell all his friends about it. But we learn that that isn't true about Duke. And then that's one of the main reasons that Viola is into him then, because they have these like long discussions, like what Duke thinks is like a man on man powwow. But what he doesn't know is Sebastian's real identity. 
but yeah, I, I, I like that in many cases in this movie, and not all the time, because we just talked about the times that this doesn't happen, but sexist behavior is punished, and the opposite of sexist behavior... Behavior. <laughs> behavior. <laughs> is appreciated and rewarded, I suppose. So that's nice, because in a lot of movies like this, where let's go back to like 10 Things I Hate About You, for example, in that movie, it's like, okay, we've got a feminist, headstrong character, but those qualities are seen to be very shrewish. And so no one likes her because of that. And then the guy lies to her throughout the entire movie. And then he is rewarded, even though he's been behaving badly. I'll say it again. Uh, 10 Things I Hate About You. It's a stinker. I know everyone's attached to it, but as someone new to the 10 Things I Hate About You fold, it's a stinker. I, well, <laughs> that's a boo from Jamie. Okay, well, I get it. It's uh, It does not handle a lot of things well at all. But Show me one thing it does handle so well. Funny. It's a stinker. <laughs> boo, boo, boo. All right. I feel like you were singing a different <laughs> tune a few episodes ago when we talked about it. I feel like you said you liked the movie. Can I tell you something? Anyway, I yeah. watched it again. Oh. And I liked it even less the second time. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah, that'll happen. <sighs> anyway, so back to She's... I almost called it She's All That. Okay. Ooh, also a good one. Yeah, well... <laughs> Ooh, it's a stinker. Another, like, another stinker. That one is Dreamy teen rom-coms. But, and I'm another example of a movie where bad behavior and misogyny is not punished and is instead rewarded. The but, only thing that you need to do to get a boyfriend is change literally everything about you. Yeah. Oh, that's what I have to do? Shut up. <laughs> ah, all takes. Dang it. So anyway, I, th- I like how this movie handles a lot of things. And that the whole movie is like a quest for a a woman to prove that she is as capable as men and then succeeds in achieving that. But there are uh, more problems. Here they are. (laughs) For example, (laughs) there are quite a few no homo moments. Mm. Yeah. It's usually between Duke and Viola as Sebastian. So for most of the movie... Duke thinks that Sebastian is a cis het man, but then there are moments where Sebastian will like linger too long on a hug or be like, you're not good at talking to girls. How can that be? You're hot. And then Duke always responds with disgust. What? Yeah. Yeah. And then there's like a moment where the tarantula, the spider, the eight legged spider, spider facts with Caitlin. Yeah, feminist icon Melvolio. <laughs> right. <laughs> Shows up in their dorm room and then they both scream and get on the bed and they're like holding each other and then, then when Which starts as a good moment and then it's kinda of sold out. Yeah. So Duke's all like, Oh gross and don't ever do that girl voice again. That freaked me out. So if, why can't they just both be afraid of the spider? Also, right. why don't they sit down and listen to what Malvolio has to say? Because uh, he's read the feminine mystique and he has a lot of really good points he'd like to make. <laughs> and he's a feminist icon. Sure. And I think that there's a direction of this movie where if they just sat down and had discourse with the spider, you know, things would have ended differently. I know. Yeah. We should invite the spider on the podcast to see what. Malvolio is a queer icon as well. I mean, yeah. this is like I've had great <laughs> talks with Malvolio. Anyways, so, and then during the soccer game at the end, 
whenever Viola is like, I love you, Duke. And he's like, what? what? This is weird. And Viola's like, I'm Viola. I kissed you. And he's like, oh, gross. No, you didn't. Because he, again, still thinks that Sebastian is a boy. So there's these different moments that, like, I... It is very, like, 2000... I mean, it still happens now, but, like, 2000s queer panicky Mm -hmm. moments. Right. That didn't need to be there. And you could argue, oh, well, you know, it's in line with Duke's character. But they also had an opportunity to subvert that trope of casual homophobia in movies. And they didn't. So one of the things I liked best about this movie is that uh, for the first half of The Big Game, which why don't all movies end with The Big Game? (laughs) Uh, So they're at The Big Game. And the first half is just, like, real Sebastian being chaotic and is like, yes, I am soccer now. Here's my dick. And you're just like, what is happening? And then, But, but the fact that Viola gets to finish the game as herself mm-hmm. um, and playing with her hair down, not in a ponytail, that's unrealistic. But I was on. I was going to ask you that. Okay. Uh, but, but the fact that she gets to finish the game as herself with total acceptance of her team and her coach, mm-hmm. I thought was so great. I didn't think that that was going to happen. Yeah. I um, thought she was going to finish the game as Sebastian. That is really cool. And then we see that moment where she reveals her true identity. She's like, I'm Viola. I played on the team to, you know, prove this point. And then the coach of the opposing team is like, girls can't play in this league. And he's he was the same guy at the beginning who was like, girls are scientifically bullshit. Right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and then we get the great line read from coach, what is it, Dinklage? Ooh, Sammy, take it away. Yeah. Sammy did a great one. <laughs> What manual? (laughs) Here at Illyria, we don't discriminate based on gender. Beautiful. Thank you very much. That's my time. That's all I have. My blood pressure is like rising with each moment that passes. Beautiful. So like you said, Jamie, the team at Illyria, the coach, they're all on board to have Viola play as herself. And then she gets the goal. Uh, she gets the goal. She scores the game-winning goal, thereby proving what oh, she set out to prove. Here's here's a question: the fact that, and th- these are like small gripes with a with a movie that does so much right. But um, Justin, her ex, one of the like things we know about him is that Channing Tatum made him cry during a soccer mm-hmm. game, and that is like m- you know not masculine. And then at the end, Viola makes him cry, but I still feel like it's like kind of it's. That, for all of Justin's toxic masculinity, is played for a laugh in a way that I was like, oh, man, that's they missed that one of, like, this boy crying looks, like, so fucking dumb. Yeah. And then when they talk about it before, the time that Duke makes him cry in an earlier game, yeah, it's all like, what do you mean that? What, what a pussy. He cried. Yeah. Like, and then they address him about it in person, and he's like, I didn't I cry. I got something in my eye, or something like We're that. We're going to do Drown Me in Your Tears. <laughs> <laughs> Which is kind of funny. So, <laughs> in a movie that at least attempts to celebrate like male sensitivity, it also does that. Mistakes were made. Mistakes were made, and, and there's more. There's that Bechdel cast for mistakes. There's were also made. the mistake of if the situation was presented to the headmaster that 
a person was trying to pull off being the opposite gender, and they decided to out them during a big old soccer game. The big game yeah. with the with the loudspeaker megaphone. Why would that? Why is that the choice? Right. There's a lot of the big game mistakes made. Yeah. Like there's the some big third game. act fumbles. <laughs> kind of for sure. Fucked up a little bit. Yeah. Because for all they know, this Sebastian person is trans. Mm-hmm. And then for, yeah, for them to be like, he's actually a girl. And they, I'm not a girl. <laughs> and then <laughs> he pulls down his pants. Everyone sees his penis. Eunice is having a wonderful time Eunice with it. Eunice has a conniption. <laughs> Even though I'm pretty sure she is facing his but and not his penis. But anyways, whatever Look, mistakes any were action made. for Eunice is action. Yeah. <laughs> Until now, she's got like Toby, who's like a cutie. Toby's cute. Toby's yeah. cute. Anyways, <laughs> tricks. But yeah, Sammy, to your point, mm. not only would that be very problematic for them to out Sebastian because they don't they don't know what the circumstances are. Right. The other thing that this movie subscribes to is the idea that. If you have a penis, you're a man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you have breasts, you are a woman. Right. Which is, she's the man. <laughs> right. Super cis normative because both fake and real Sebastian to prove that they are the gender that they identify as, mm-hmm. they reveal, you know, bathing suit parts, we will say. <laughs> Mom, <laughs> stop. Wow. So cut that out. <laughs> nope, I'm keeping it. So, yeah, it's just subscribing to this idea that your genitals determine your gender, Mm -hmm. which we know is false. And it's the second Shakespeare adaptation from this pair of screenwriters that has a character flashing their boobs, which it's like, get a new trick, Kirsten and Karen. Um, And this (laughs) this movie was also co-written by you and Leslie. By Malfolio, the famous spider <laughs> less screen problematic fighter, queer feminist Had a louder voice in the writer's room. <laughs> um, no, by uh, you and More Leslie, spiders although uh, Jamie, you you would probably call him Ewan. <laughs> but anyway, well, that's neither here nor there. So yeah, another mistake that this movie makes is the cis-normative bullshit of your genitals determining your gender. The only point I'll give that, because it's just, like, not necessary, and also this movie was listed for containing nudity, which it doesn't. Either way, the only thing, the only improvement that makes upon 10 Things I Hate About You is at least, you know, Sebastian shows his parts and Viola shows her parts as opposed to just a titty flash but mm-hmm. i say we 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 do away with it in that context altogether exactly and then david cross as the headmaster who <laughs> so weird participates in a number of very funny visual jokes where throughout the movie he is handing out food in the cafeteria he comes in with a plunger at one point he's like snipping a shrub he's like cleaning he's the windows guy. he just does all he's the headmaster but he, he's so involved in his school he does it all anyway very <laughs> funny he says as he's like outing sebastian as a girl 
he says, you know, actually, he's been impersonating his own sister, Viola, for reasons which will become very clear after extensive psychoanalysis, kind of implying that if you present as a different gender from the one that you were assigned at birth, you need psychoanalysis. Something's wrong with you. Something's wrong with you psychologically. Um, So bad, 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 bad. He does have a good, I feel like it was kind of a good moment when He's talking to, what's what's the squirrely bad guy's name? Oh, uh, Malcolm? Yeah, when Malcolm is talking to the headmaster and Viola, as Sebastian passes by, talking in normal Viola voice about wearing a dress and high heels, there yeah, is a just, moment just a where moment. it could have been, where Malcolm is just like, that's weird. But then the headmaster is just like, have you ever tried running away, running yeah. in heels? And I was like, well, that's that's that, that, that was a good opportunity to not be a dick, and he wasn't. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and also was. what Viola is saying on the phone is great. Yeah, feminist icon says uh, well, she, yeah. heels were invented by men to make women's butts look smaller and to make it harder for them to run away, which is something I've been saying for decades. So thank you for letting As me be seen. Look at your stiletto heels, <laughs> Caitlin. Wow. I played soccer in them today. <laughs> and you were not slowed at all. Um, that's not right. a lick. And you won. And the reason she's talking about heels is because of the debutante ball. And I have a lot to say about this. Okay, so in the movie, Viola's mom wants her to be a debutante, wants her to be a lot more feminine, isn't thrilled with the whole soccer playing thing, reminiscent of Keira Knightley's mom's character in Bend It Like Beckham, where she's like, oh, like, soccer's gross and you should wear dresses. So for most of the movie... Viola rejects the idea of needing to present as super feminine. And that ranges from wearing sporty, pretty gender neutral clothing, not wanting to be a debutante in these like frilly gowns. And then that ranges all the way to literally dressing as a boy. So I think it's cool that she is like, she spends the entire movie rejecting these sort of gender norms. That is to say, if you want to present that way, uh, that's fine and that's anyone's choice. But society's expectation has long been that the more feminine a woman presents, the better, which is unfair and and unrealistic and not great. But at the end of the movie, after Viola has spent all this time, you know, rejecting these norms of needing to present as super feminine, then she goes to the debutante ball. She wears a gown she presents as super feminine and the idea of women expecting to present as feminine men expecting to present as masculine there being no room for anyone to fall anywhere else on the spectrum it would have been better if she no showed the ball yeah because those like rigid gender norms that have been challenged throughout the movie go back to like being intact Mm -hmm. i feel like a lot of the statements that are made about gender throughout the movie feel like they're almost kind of undone by this ballroom scene i mean not really but it's just like why did this movie have to end with this ball my theory is that the trope that i do not like of like high school movies always ending in prom or like a spring formal Mm. it doesn't make sense for this movie to end in prom because it happens two weeks into the fall school year also we were just at the big game we We, had the high school we had the big moment yeah yeah so for then there to be another basically prom 
event at the end of the movie just feels unneeded and it like reverts back to all these like weird rigid gender norms that the idea of like being a debutante really instills so i didn't like that no uh i had something i wanted to discuss really quickly about the reception this movie received when it was originally released. Mm -hmm. This movie has a 43% on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, I'm not surprised. Which, right, but not because, as we have been discussing, it is a well-written movie. Mm -hmm. There's not that. I mean, considering the fact that it's a successful, well-done Shakespeare adaptation, which is so hard to do. Yeah. And the characters are explored and well-realized for the most part. With this movie, it didn't fare very well. And uh, this goes back to something that we recently found out. The Annenberg Inclusion Initiative did a study on film criticism. Mm -hmm. And this year, and I can't imagine how much worse this issue was in 2006, of almost 60,000 movie reviews written between 2015 and 2017, 79% were written by men, 21% were written by women. Uh, So in film criticism, there is a massive gap in who decides what's good and 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 that informs what people see yeah. uh, a lot of the time. And in 2006, I have to assume this issue was even worse. Yeah. And 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 that is telling in in the way that this movie was reviewed. There was one that stuck out to me as particularly annoying. Where is it? Uh, it was from not Ebert. What's his name? Roper. But uh, there are a lot of the criticism of this movie was focused on that Amanda Bynes did not play a man convincingly, uh, which (laughs) betrays far more about the writer than the movie, uh, because Mm -hmm. that just is, uh, you know, evidence of how rigid their view of masculinity is. Right. Joel Siegel, in a lame attempt to amuse older teens, she's the man, manages to alienate the parents of the younger ones with tampon and gender jokes. Richard Roper, mere words cannot convey how awful Bynes is at playing a girl, playing a boy. Um, Wrong. It's so. I mean, and and this movie was financially successful. Mm-hmm. Had a budget of twenty million dollars. Made uh, fifty-seven million dollars at the box office. But you have to think, if it were better reviewed or reviewed by a more diverse pool of people, mm-hmm. that the reception of it would have been quite different, and it wouldn't have a forty-four uh, percent right. on Oof. Rotten Tomatoes. That's so much lower than it deserves. I know. Yeah, one hundred percent. And then think about the I mean but like also think about the movies that we've done and I mean for example Devil's Advocate let's see what love actually has on Rotten Tomatoes a movie that performs horrifically bad with gender issues uh love actually has 63 percent um so Mm. there there are movies that are extremely misinformed bordering on hateful uh Mm -hmm. towards gender and gender roles that are considered classics Versus this movie that, for the most part, performs very well across the board and was sort of at the time not quite panned, but not received very well. Yeah. Yeah, that's so upsetting. I just, 
So yeah. this would be a reminder to our listeners that if you're reading a review of a movie that deals with issues like this, uh, or for instance, if you're reading a white writer reviewing a movie with a uh, diverse cast and directed by someone other than someone exactly like them, mm-hmm. uh, take that criticism with a grain of salt because they may not actually know what they are talking about. True. Yes. I wanted to talk a little bit about Eunice. Ooh. She is the she's not Sammy like the other Gast. girls. <laughs> I just Eunice is great. I just I think well like when she moonwalks into the frame. <laughs> she's that been was, counting her steps. That was her choice. Like a lot of I, I read David Cross improvised a lot of his stuff. Amanda Bynes also improvised a lot, and then Eunice did too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Eunice? Who is the actress who plays Eunice? Oh, I don't know her name, but she has Why some of the she best not lines. the most famous person in the whole world? An actress named Emily Perkins, Ooh. who has since been... Oh, she's the receptionist in <laughs> Juno? Oh. The one who's like... Whoa. We have condom condoms? flavors. Whoa. And that is what pretty much... Role. Well, she's great in this bit. So the yeah. thing I want to say about her... Is that she's also thirty in this movie? She's thirty. Yes. Oh, <laughs> lots of things. Um, well, the thing I want to say about her is that this movie and so many movies take a character who is not conventionally attractive by Western beauty standards, and sometimes it's something as simple as she's wearing glasses. In this case, she's got glasses and braces and some headgear. But the movie will, like, turn her into a punching bag, basically. It's like, look at this disgusting woman. Just, like, makes a joke out of the whole thing. When in reality, we should be critical of her for being 30 and in high school. (laughs) Also, Channing Tatum is 26, so, you know. Oh, shit, yeah. But, yeah, I don't like that because pretty much everyone else in this movie is conventionally attractive. So to take, like, the one character who the movie has made to seem not as conventionally attractive. just And then put her in, in scenarios where, like, she's on a date with someone or, you know, like, Channing Tatum has to talk to her. It's always like, oh, I can't believe I'm stuck talking to this super lazy I think this falls into the same bucket of lazy writing that like Liz Lemon would fall into Mm. of like here's a woman who if you took this weird prop off of her would look completely like conventionally attractive but we're just gonna have everyone in the movie shit on her and call her not hot to distract from the fact that that is not actually the case and like it seems like a more egregious version of like the Liz Lemon issue of like Mm -hmm. down to the like I like cheese (laughs) I'm like shut up like fuck off anyways that's a funny line though almost more than any other animal byproduct I just love that I laughed. It's so good. And then I'm like, what if Channing Tatum is like, tell me more instead of being all check, Check please. (laughs) Right. Yeah. So I didn't care for that. That happens a lot. I feel like that happens with like Aquafina's character, her brother in uh, Crazy Rich Asians, where like he's not conventionally, sorry. (laughs) Um, He is not as conventionally attractive. So he's like the weirdo creepo guy when like it's i hate these like tropes that um, it's a microaggression yeah and movies need to stop doing that yeah 
But also, I mean, everything Eunice does, I'm on board for. It's just the way the movie treats her. Exactly. That is not fair. Right, right, right. Exactly. There's a there's a, you know, a weird uh, moment. I don't have any particular view of it, but at the end, it's almost like they accidentally did a little parent trap, uh, where oh, yeah. the parents are, you know, it's clear they've been divorced for a while. That seems to be why no one notices that their teenage daughter hasn't gone to school for two weeks. But at the end, Viola is like, "Well, why don't we all discuss this issue over dinner tomorrow, all four of us?" And the parents are, and the parents are like, "Yeah, okay. can I have your number? What's your email address?" And it's like, "It's, it's literally Quaid and Richardson over here. It's unbelievable." <laughs> It's true. Yeah. A couple uh, fun little things I wanted to mention. Channing Tatum is wearing a Ducati jacket for part of the movie. <laughs> he is, yeah. Um, he's a bad boy for life. He's a bad boy. <laughs> he's uh, not like the others. If anyone out there is keeping track of my name anagrams, which you might be familiar with if you've uh, listened to a few recent episodes that I guested on of the Daily Zeitgeist, uh, I'm Latin dancer UTI. I am a cat turd in line. Caitlin Durante also anagrams to internal Ducati. So, whoa, whoa that's a good one. Yeah. to me. So watch out. Oh, I have I have one more uh, observation about parents mm. that I should have said while you were talking about the debutante ball, but then I didn't. It's okay because I'm flawed too. <laughs> But I think that that was uh, yet another missed opportunity uh, that this movie has to have some sort of, and this is something, and I'm only thinking of this because it happens in another soccer movie very effectively, Bend It Like Beckham, where Keira Knightley's mom in Bend It Like Beckham and Amanda Bynes' mom, and she's the man, are very similar type characters where they want to force a very traditional idea of femininity onto their daughter. In Bend It Like Beckham, they have a dialogue about it and there's yeah. conversations had between the mother and the daughter that doesn't really happen in this movie granted there's a lot of stuff going on i don't know if we necessarily have time for it sure but in in you know for instance in lieu of viola going through with the debbie temple why is there not a conversation between her and her mother that could probably be pretty productive about why she is not interested in doing it um so it just there is seems a like... very short conversation early on where her mom's trying to get her to like agree to this debutante ball thing and viola says like i have no interest in being a debutante like i think they're archaic so could it have been spoken but then more, she ends up more? appeasing her and doing exactly. it anyways yeah. so that felt like kind of Right. That's yeah. That's one of my big problems with the ball scene. Yar. But oh, one last thing I wanted to talk about is the Paul character being. Oh, come on, Paul. Come on, come on, Paul. <laughs> yeah, Paul. Okay. Being what I interpreted to be queer coded. Well, yeah. At the end, he's with not Toby, the other one. Andrew. And he's like kind of like grooming him a little bit, which is like okay. Yeah, there is yeah, like a very it. a quick glimpse. And then before that, he's sort of like the Harvey Firestein character from Mrs. Doubtfire, where he like does the whole makeover of Viola. And the queer coding in this movie isn't as horribly done and egregious as it is in some movies, but... Um, but queer coded character equals makeover is kind of like a fairly standard lazy writing. Trope. Yeah, it's very tropey. Yeah, they could have again another thing that could have been subverted, but instead was like you know doubled down on. 
Paul does deliver my favorite line of the movie. What's that? Hit it. And he goes, be a good boy. And then Viola has to walk off. I got goosebumps. <laughs> I get goosebumps every time. It's like, oh, that's nice. <laughs> Laying along. <laughs> I mean, all of Viola's friends, uh, in spite of their sh- uh, kind of shoddy writing, are good friends. Yeah, very supportive. supportive friends. And when they're blocking, we didn't really get to Monique, but she's so all over the place that I don't even know what we could say. Well, uh, that is an example to me of a, like, female rivalry in a movie that there's no groundwork laid for why that would be. So they hate each other, and it's not totally clear why. I mean, it's, yeah. like, Viola's like, oh, I don't like her because she's dating my brother and well Monique uh, is pretty mean but I I I feel like that's such an underthought character I don't even want to give the writers credit for thinking about it this hard yeah but there is like sort of a tendency in some movies for a female character like Monique who when you think about it you know, her boyfriend keeps disappearing and not telling her where he's going. Right. She, he's constantly bailing on her. It makes sense she would feel insecure and neglected in this relationship because she is neglected in this relationship. Mm-hmm. How that translates to a dislike of Viola isn't clear to me, but I didn't love that the movie treated her genuinely being neglected in a relationship as like, what a bitch. She's so needy. She won't stop. She's yeah. psycho. Exactly. Where, right. I mean, the, I think the story would like for you to feel that way about her, but it's just oh, kind totally. of, it's just a total misfire of like, yeah, it's like a combination of the female rivalry trope and just like demonizing a woman having needs Yeah, <laughs> that I didn't like. And there is that like girl fight scene <laughs> that happens in the bathroom of like the debutante training that is a, or whatever. That is a gnarly fight. That but then I was like, fight. oh, like what? Why do we need to see that? But then there's also like a boy fight at the carnival. Right. So I'm like, okay, at least there's like a balance struck. I did love the boy fight. <laughs> this is a lovely children's carnival. God damn it. <laughs> oh, uh, we should watch the movie together again just so you can I watch, watch like this movie yesterday night. <laughs> oh, I glitter the entire time. I'm it's so fun. <laughs> uh, one last thing I want to say is that Viola, as Sebastian in biology class, is like dissecting some sort of animal and faints because women be be fainting. But Olivia didn't. That's true. Yeah, Olivia seems to do have done like most of the work. Women in STEM. Viola Sebastian. She's a woman in STEM. Sort of. (laughs) (laughs) She's in high school. Viola Sebastian like said that in the beginning once they like paired up in in class. Viola was like, you know what? This stuff, I can't really do it. And Olivia's just like, I love you. Oh, yeah. She's like, you're so sensitive. <laughs> Take me now, sensitive boy. <laughs> she unist him. Then. Oh. Take me now, sensi boy. <laughs> oh, uh, okay. oh, one more final shout out to Channing Tatum's impact. I'm sorry. I, I'm a wine mom again. Channing Tatum's impeccable comedic timing on the th- when he's on, on the flip phone and he bonks this big old meathead <laughs> on the thing and and he's like oh, oh uh, hello like it's just it's, it's such so, a good scene oh I love it scene. He's, he's a so, comedic genius he's so funny oh. I don't know I need to call my mom about this <laughs> <laughs> does anyone else have any other thoughts about she's the man you know, overall, mistakes were made, but a modern classic. <laughs> so uh, let's talk about whether or not this movie passes the Bechdel test. It does. Yes. 
There are scenes between, in the very beginning, whenever uh, Viola is talking to her teammates, Kia and Yvonne, about like having their team been cut. They're talking about like where she wants to play soccer in college. Mm. She and her mother talk about the debutante ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, they do mention Justin in that. They do mention, yeah, later in that scene. But there's a few He's lines. So rugged. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you date him, mom? And she's like, I couldn't. That reminded me of my mom. (laughs) (laughs) Horny moms representing. Horny. So yeah, there's quite a few conversations that pass the Bechdel test between several different combinations of characters. So that's cool. Um, (laughs) Good job. It's like when first time listeners of this podcast think that that's what the whole podcast is about. They're like, it's the whole time. Are we trying to, what, figure out? Like, wait, but does it? It's like... (laughs) Gang, yeah, it's pretty. Hour. It's pretty clear that uh, it's not too hard to figure out. Totally. Anyways, uh, shall we read the movie? Yes. On our nipple scale, zero to five nipples, based on its portrayal and representation of women, I'm going to give this movie, I think, a three. Uh, I'm docking off a couple nipples for all the mistakes it makes, which is. The casual homophobia that, for the most part, goes unchallenged for some of the moments of misogyny that go unchallenged, most notably the scene where, in order for Viola as Sebastian to be accepted by her peers, she has to objectify women and seem like this awesome stud to be cool and to be the man the cis-normative idea that your genitals determine your gender identity things like that this is also as most movies we come across a very white movie the few characters who are people of color are for the most part sidelined but just the story of a woman seeking to prove that she is equal to her sort of male peers and then succeeding in that quest is just a cool story that we don't really get to see that often. And I like that in the adaptation, even though there is like a romantic subplot with Duke, the main story still is largely like proving that she's a capable soccer player, whereas in the original play, it seemed like it was mostly just entirely about the romance so yeah i like that it deviates from that quite a bit um so yeah i think three nipples and i'm gonna give one to the scene in the gym where channing tatum is the the best comedian ever (laughs) to have lived one nipple for that whole scene yes exactly two and then my other two nipples i'm gonna give to Amanda Bynes for um, being (laughs) a comedic powerhouse in this movie for, uh, you know, we didn't talk about this, but her sort of fall is very upsetting. Yeah, I love her. She's great. And this is a fun movie, not without its flaws, but I really enjoy this movie. Three nipples. I'm also going to give it three, or actually, I'm going to give three and a half nipples. All right. For for all the reasons you stated, Caitlin, um, it is a very white movie. There are a lot of blind spots in terms of homophobic jokes, etc. But by and large, I think that 
it's almost tricky to rate on its treatment of women because we spend most of this movie with men. Mm -hmm. uh, however, I don't necessarily think that that is a bad thing. I think that that works and still accomplishes quite a bit where it's mostly we are seeing uh, Viola as Sebastian among other men and it's kind of an, ex an examination with varying degrees of success, as we've discussed, of looking at masculinity and how do men interact and you know like what are the shades of gray there and again there are some hits and there are some misses but ultimately it does well certainly better than most teen movies of this era mm -hmm. it's a very effective adaptation where the the you know original play it does not look upon women that kindly where it that was somehow you know made into a movie that makes women part of the narrative and very capable and I do wish that there were other women in this movie included in a more meaningful way mm -hmm. um, I think it would have been really awesome to have give Viola someone to talk to more often so that she could be reflecting on this experience in real time I think right. that there could have been a lot of cool things to get out of that but for the most part the fact that we spend most of this movie with men unlike most movies where we're with men almost all of the time right. is done with a lot of intent and for 2006 is handled generally pretty thoughtfully However, I wish we were with women for more of this movie. Yeah. And and also the mom character in general kind of missed for me. There's a lot of cartoony characters in this, but I just like, because the whole time I was thinking of the other hyper traditionally feminine mother character in a soccer movie, mm -hmm. um, I just think that that was a big missed opportunity you know, maybe if we there was a portion of this movie that had to do with why the fuck isn't Viola at school? That could be a conversation between Viola and her mother. <laughs> right. It's like there, it, there, there are definitely this. As with most movies, this movie is like littered with missed opportunities. But the ones it capitalizes on generally, I think, do mm -hmm. pretty well. So three and a half nippies from me. Uh, I'm going to give two of them to Amanda Bynes. Come back. We need you. Yes. <laughs> uh, I'm going to give, I guess I'll give, uh, oh, I have to give one to Channing Tatum because, you know, I mean, you wouldn't think, but he's so funny. And, um, and then I will give my final half nipple to uh, my queer king, Malvolio. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. Of course. Do spiders have nipples? Uh, as a nipple expert over here, um, I would say no. Okay, let me they check. don't. Anyways, what if each but of their legs have... was a long ass nipple? <laughs> <laughs> spiders are just basically cats who walk on their nipples. <laughs> I'm sorry, that was the worst thing I've ever said. Sammy. Oh hi. I would say I think even though it is my favorite movie of all time, and I did say that it was flawless, I think. That'll give it probably 3.5 nips. Okay. Um, the thing with gender swap movies is that it really does result in focusing on leaning into gender norms, which, you know, those aren't my bag, baby. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, but like you have to do it for the story, whatever. But yeah, three and a half, I think. One to Eunice. Sure. Oh, One yeah. to Amanda Bynes' mugging. Mm -hmm. <laughs> One to Amanda Bynes' inconsistent accent boy accent oh yeah it <laughs> southern sometimes southern and then some <laughs> like with all of her like g money it's like oh, i love it like if you guys <sighs> ever want to know place. what i'm like in my daily life i am viola as sebastian <laughs> <laughs> 
edit out the misogyny probably <laughs> the scene where the one like debutante lady is like viola chew like you have a secret and then she just goes <laughs> i chew like that all the time because of that scene whenever yeah how many nipples did i give out three and a half oh you got uh, a half or a half to dinklage all right yeah for not being we a do jerk. not discriminate based on, on gender <laughs> Well, Sammy, mm. thank you so much for being here with us. Thank you for yes. inviting me to this. Of Any course. time. Where can people find you online? Is there anything you'd like to plug? Um, follow me on Instagram at ityoursam underscores in between those words. So I-T underscore Y-O-U-R underscore S-A-M. Uh, Twitter, Sammy Junio, S-A-M-E-E-J-U-N-I-O. If you're local to Los Angeles or coming to visit, uh, see a historical roast or fictional roast yeah. show at Dynasty Typewriter or the Comedy Store. Jamie and Caitlin were both on and killed it. Ooh. Oh, so good. So good to see them. Uh, also, I do have a podcast unreleased, but it will come out called Non-Binary Code, which is me going through the non-binary journey and inviting guests to talk about their experience, which in what I call living blurry. Nice. Thanks. Love it. So be on the lookout for non-binary code. And uh, you can follow us at Bechtelcast on social media. You can go to our website, Bechtelcast.com, and there you can find episodes. You can find our merch store. We've got all kinds of apparel and mugs. Speaking of Amanda Vine mugging. mugging, Uh, You can drink out of a cat fax with Caitlin mug or whatever. Oh, speaking of which, uh, Alfred Molina could have... Played Malvolio. <laughs> Malvolio the spider. I mean, yeah. he's a chameleon. So yeah. He can play anything. It's true. Yeah. Yeah, get your merch. Um, rate and review us on iTunes. That will help us a lot, especially if you and, give us a five-nip rating. And join our Patreon, a.k.a. Matreon, mm-hmm. where we do two bonus episodes every single month. Can you believe it? And it's only $5 a month. Oh, my God. So check that out at patreon.com slash patreon.com slash Bechtelcast. Excellent. So. And thank you. We love you. And we're all the man. We's, we're G- We's the man. Yeah, we's the man. Bye. Bye. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies. So you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit TomboyX.com to shop. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.